The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. New CBS Monday. Federal agents! Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. About to set it up! New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Pizzagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. And it is another crazy day in college football. K.J. Jefferson, is he in or is he out? Good thing we got Matt Zinitz, our national college football reporter, joining the show here shortly. We'll also grade the fit of the new coaching hires, Drew, Mike Elko, Jonathan Smith at Michigan State. Also, Jeff Levy, Mississippi State. We'll talk about that one. Pretty interesting. And then a little portal stock market. Who are the Oyster Boys buying stock in the transfer portal right around the corner on December 4th? That is the talk of the town. But first, Drew, before we jump in, I believe you have one little thing. I do have one little thing, Cooper. You've seen, uh, you've been watching TV, right? All the holiday commercials. Bowl season is incoming. Got the championship games. We got that bowl selection show on Sunday. I'm warning everyone now. I think this bowl season is going to be deflated as ever and why the transfer portal you see all these kids entering their names in the transfer portal here uh over the past few days and we're not even to the official window which opens on december 4th i was going through brad crawford's projections bowl projections on 24 7 sports he does an excellent job of doing that put that out on monday one game stood out to me he had miami taking on usc i think in the sun bowl out in arizona December 29th. Who's going to tune into that thing? You got Tyler Van Dyke in the transfer portal, Caleb Williams. He's going to be off to the NFL draft. A few more Miami starters and contributors not expected to play. Look, Cooper, this is turning into like exhibition season. Sure, college football playoff, some of these New Year's Six games, uh, they matter. But man, it's going to be a lot of new faces playing. And those new faces want to get some game snaps because, hey, then they got film to use to enter the transfer portal i don't know i'm out on bowl games and i'm putting my putting my flag down now i'm out on the bowl season cooper drew i believe you are a big jacuri brown fan that wouldn't fire you up in uh, el paso there in the sun bowl to see little jacuri brown versus miller moss uh, if you're a miami fan would you want those guys to play now he's got what 60 offensive snaps and then he can enter the transfer portal i don't know i think we just need to rethink these bowl games 
um, maybe some of the lower level ones. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that plays out over the next month, especially with the transfer portal already. It just seems like the names continue to pour in day over day. We'll see what happens on Monday as well. Guys, if you like the podcast, you enjoy listening to the podcast, well, we have a video element of it now that exists on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Andrew Ivins and Cooper Patagna every Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Find us on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And by the way, if you're tuned in right now, smash that like button. Also, subscribe to the show as well. Help feed the families around here. That's a big deal to us. So without further ado, we are very honored to bring in our next guest. That is Matt Zenitz, national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports. Matt Zenitz has not slept over the last couple of days. He's got a one-year-old. KJ Jefferson's hopping in and out. It's a crazy time to be Matt Zenitz. And Matt Zenitz, I'm going to just start off the top. Mike Elko, the new head coach of Texas A&M, he's had a busy week, got hired this weekend. A lot of people thought it was going to be Mark Stoops. It's Mike Elko and a lot of people and a lot of other college football teams have had their eyes on college stations. So between the player movement potentially we could see and maybe some coaching movement as well, what are you hearing at a college station? Well, hopefully I don't look too tired. So uh, I've tried to load up a combination of coffee and energy drinks to try to avoid that. Uh, so apparently I have some work to do, but Mike Elko probably in a similar category to a certain extent. I'm assuming this has probably been a busy last couple of days for him in College Station. And priority number one for him is probably the, the player retention component of this. So I don't think it's any secret whatsoever that there have been a number of different schools, including some high profile schools around the country that have very much been monitoring the situation at Texas A&M. And keeping an eye on whether it's Evan Stewart, uh, Walter Nolan, LT Overton, you can go down the list in terms of talented young guys that they have on that roster, just what they ultimately decide to do in terms of going into the portal or not. So it sounds like from what I've heard, Mike has started meeting with those guys in the recent days. And I, I'm sure we'll be looking to avoid as much as possible a, a mass exodus of players going into the portal. But in, in addition to the player retention part of it, the, the coach retention part of it also is important also. So Elijah Robinson is a big priority for them to keep on staff there at Texas A&M. Everything I've heard, Mike definitely wants to keep him there. Players love Elijah to the point that they were campaigning for him not only to be a part of this staff, but were pushing for him to get serious consideration for the head coaching job. I, I know some stuff's out there that has presented it like it's just a, a foregone conclusion that Elijah is going to be back. And I'm not saying that he won't be, but from the, the information that I've gotten the last couple of days, there are some different opportunities out there, including like, for example, the, the Syracuse uh, DC job sounds like something that could be a possibility for him. He's extremely close with Fran Brown, the, the new head coach there. I almost have, as it's been described to me, a brother-like relationship. And I know for a fact there have been other things that Elijah's got an interest for recently. So to go along with the, the player part of it, uh, the coach retention deal is going to be something important for Mike also and finding a way to keep somebody like Elijah on staff there instead of going elsewhere. Matt, we've seen a number of established arms enter the transfer portal. Tyler Van Dyke, Will Howard, KJ Jefferson. We don't know if he's in, if he's out. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, yeah, you'll see it right up here. Soresby, Tyler Show. Any any potential destinations maybe emerging for some of these top arms that are uh, exploring the transfer market? 
Hey, probably the big thing that I would say with that is you're going to see several top programs around the country land a transfer quarterback in the coming weeks. So not at a point where we want to throw out too much in terms of individual schools. That there could be options for some of these guys. And there are also some players who aren't officially in yet that there's probably a good chance they end up in there and could be options for some top places. But you, you have, just to go through some of those schools, Oregon, Notre Dame, um, have Florida State. That We'll see what happens with Tate Rodemaker the final part of this year. I think they're kind of in audition mode for, with him right now. But depending on how he does, could potentially be in the market for a, a portal quarterback. Washington's obviously had a great year with Kalen DeBoer. They're very much in the market for a, a portal guy. USC expecting, obviously, to lose Caleb Williams. They're, they're going to be in the market for a transfer quarterback. You, you can go down the list. There, there are a number of high-profile teams, programs, situations around the country where you're likely going to see a, a transfer brought in a, at some point in the next couple of weeks. Matt, a sneaky storyline starting to emerge in Athens. How about Carson Beck, man? He's starting to play himself into really kind of day two consideration in the NFL draft projections. I mean, what's the story here? Is there a chance Carson Beck tests the NFL draft waters after this season if his stock continues to ascend like it has been all season? Yeah, so obviously I didn't even mention Georgia in terms of high-profile schools that could be in the market for a quarterback. But I, I think just based on everything I've heard, Georgia would like to get a feel for that in the, the coming weeks. So needless to say, I have an important game coming up on Saturday uh, facing Alabama in the SEC title game. But Carson has played his way into being a top three round consideration for the, the NFL if he did decide to move on. There are some scouts that even view him as a first-round possibility, even though, for me, more so the feedback has been in that day-two range. But it's at a level where it's something that, if you're Carson, it has to at least be a consideration. And I don't think it's any secret around the, the Georgia program, just that Carson has positioned himself like he has. And that's something that I think coming out of the SEC title game that they would like to get a feel on, because if there is a chance that Carson's moving on, that could change the approach for Georgia in terms of just the portal process and whether they're going to be in the market for a portal quarterback. Matt, the information has been rapid over the last week, especially with the transfer portal now approaching on Monday. We talked about your lack of sleep. Another name that has come up with Jonathan Smith off to East Lansing has been Damian Martinez, a sophomore at Oregon State, originally from the state of Texas. He rushed for over 1,000 yards. A lot of teams monitoring him right now. What's the latest with Damian Martinez? Yeah, so I think Damian put something out publicly or did an interview in the last couple of days where it indicated that he's staying put at, at Oregon State. I, I haven't gotten an in, independent confirmation on my end whether that, that's the case or not, but that, that's something that I know started to trickle out in the last couple of days. The thing that I can tell you very confidently on my end is that, that there have been a, a number of big-time schools around the country that have been closely monitoring that one, which comes with the territory when you have a kid who ran for – or has run for 1,200 yards or whatever it's been that Damien has put up this year. And if he did go into the portal, would garner significant interest. But anytime you have a, a coach leaving or a coach being moved on from, that there are naturally going to be schools looking at that roster and closely monitoring top guys from that team that could be portal possibilities. And even beyond Damien, you have a, a young quarterback, 
like Aiden Childs, that there are Power Five programs around the country that are intrigued by him. I, I know that Jonathan Smith and that staff were extremely high on him as a, a young player with upside. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he did go into the portal, if maybe Michigan State could be a possibility to reunite with them. And then obviously you have the the DJUs of the world who, it, I mean, it feels like DJ's been in, in college for forever <laughs> at, at this point, but he, he, under Jonathan and Brian Lindgren there at Oregon State, really took a step forward this year. And he's put himself in a spot where I think he is one of a few potential portal options at quarterback that still trying to figure out if the grades from the NFL are at a point where it makes sense to move on. So I don't know if there's necessarily a final decision with him and the portal as of yet, but that's another one to go along with Damian, Aiden Shiles. There are others that there are some teams around the country definitely monitoring to see what the final decision is. Matt Zenitz, we appreciate you stopping by. You can follow Matt Zenitz's work, especially over the next week. That is a must-do. On Twitter, at Matt Zenitz, I believe. I think M. Zenitz or something like that. You can figure that out. He'll also be on the Transfer Portal Palooza show on 24-7 Sports on December 4th. Matt Zenitz, thank you. Hopefully you get a nap in, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Drew, uh, how about that, man? No lack of uh, nuggets there from Matt Zenitz. Any takeaways? Elijah Robinson to Syracuse? What? I mean, dude, Florida, LSU, they all need a defensive line coach. A&M needs a defensive line coach. This guy has been stacking that room, probably the most talented room in all of college football. What do you think about that one, that possibility? Well, that staff would be able to recruit. And you look at Syracuse, you feel like they would get a lot of bounce backs from Georgia and Texas A&M. I, I wanted to ask him about that crystal ball pick he fired in for Max Johnson to North Carolina, Drake May on his way out there in Chapel Hill, Mac Brown still kicking, Max Johnson. I don't know, that kind of, that one kind of gets me a little bit excited. Uh, but certainly it sounds like these dominoes are going to continue to fall with the quarterbacks. And he made it seem like they're going to fall pretty soon. The one takeaway I have, how about Georgia? Carson Beck, that's a very real uh, consideration. If he continues to play the way that he has played all season under Mike Bobo, how about Carson Beck potentially sneaking into that day one conversation? If he's at that point, and right now uh, I think a lot of NFL scouts and executives kind of put him in that day two conversation, it wouldn't shock me at all if Carson Beck wants to test the waters of the NFL draft, and that would put Georgia more than likely in the market. We'll see what happens. Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton there as well. Obviously, you have the number two player in the country, Dylan Riola, coming to town as well. So Georgia, a team to watch over the next couple of days. We'll see what they do in the portal. But Drew, a perfect segue to our next segment, talking about grade the fit for the new hires. And we've been talking a lot about Texas A&M, and we talked about him yesterday on the show as well. Mike Elko coming over from Duke, two seasons there, 16-9. and nine. The New Jersey native, 46 years old. Drew, what's your grade on uh, Mike Elko to Texas A&M? So we're talking fit, right, and outlook when it comes to recruiting. I, I marked down a B-plus here. I kind of like this for Texas A&M because I think Mike Elko, he goes to Duke, and Duke doesn't have the access to the blue-chip recruits. They, they'll get one every few years, and uh, it really turns into how you evaluate and you got to do it early. And I've mentioned this in the past, Duke, most of their recruiting class, which was tracking to be, I think, the best ever in the modern recruiting era, ranked 36th overall, right? Three months before the, or three weeks before the early signing period. All that was in place by the end of June, uh, start of July. Like 
Duke did its homework and got those guys committed. And when I look at Texas A&M, I don't think they're going to get away from chasing after the big names out there, the Cam Coleman's, uh, the Terry Bussies. They're going to continue to covet and recruit those guys. That's what Texas A&M does. But I think where they have lacked is that back end of the roster, right? If you looked at rank the guys, one through 85, I think 50 through 85 is where Texas A&M has had some holes. And when the big names don't work out, those are the ones that are playing. I mean, heck, the Aggies started a freshman linebacker that they flipped from Baylor this season. Now, he was good, but in the ideal world, a program that just signed the highest-ranked recruiting class ever two cycles ago should not be throwing a three-star freshman into the fire. You don't just want to live by that. So I think Mike Elko, assuming – He continues to do what he did at Duke in terms of player development, player evaluation. You blend that with the reach that the Aggies have in terms of getting a seat at the table with the best recruits, not only in the Lone Star State, but throughout the country. Uh, I'm excited, and I I think he's going to hire a a really good staff. Elijah Robinson, easy to see why he's a priority. I mean, he's in it for pretty much every big defensive lineman, so... I like the idea of this, interested to see what the mix is, but I, I, I think the back end of the class is where Texas A&M really has a chance to make a difference. Yeah, quick reminder, these grades, like Drew said, they're on recruiting potential, recruiting outlook as well. Drew, I'm, I'm not far off. I gave Mike Elko a B for Texas A&M in that hire. I said yesterday, it feels like they hit a double with a chance to steal an extra base. I think the big thing for Mike Elko is – Proof of concept. Show that you can develop. Show that you can win on the field. That has been where they're lacking. I think the other thing is, you look at Jimbo Fisher's time there. I've gone back and I've said this. Five out of the six seasons that Jimbo Fisher was there, they had a top 10 ranked recruiting class. From what I know and from what I understand, it wasn't like Jimbo Fisher was this elite CEO, right? The the things that we hear about Mike Elko, our organization, vision, structure, they've done a really good job at Duke. You mentioned that going from 51 to 36 is nothing to really kind of blink at. You add that to Texas A&M, I, I still think they're going to be in it for these top tier targets. The thing that gets me excited, Andrew is what you talked about, building up the floor of the roster. It's never been about the top-end talent at a and It's been more about depth, quite honestly, and culture as well, and getting these guys to buy in to what we talked about, the team unit me type of concept. Put A&M first, put your teammates second, and then worry about yourself, and everything else will come with it. So that fires me up about, about Mike Elko. We'll see. Drew, I think there is a lot yet to be determined with that hire, but I think this is one that uh, ultimately at the end of the day could bode well for the Aggies. Another part of this segment that I like will be our first call or our first in-home visit. If hypothetically we put on the Aggie hat and we're Mike Elko in this situation, Drew, who's your first call if you're Mike Elko in Texas A&M? It's a guy we, me and you love to debate. Uh, Terry Bussey, five-star athlete, uh, former, or I should not say former freaks list member, You like him on offense. I like him on defense. Mike Elko, defensive coach. I'm showing up at his home my first day out on the road. I'm saying, hey, come play safety for me because I think he can make a ton of plays in that secondary. I know you like Terry Bussey on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he's a football player. I I think you just take him and figure it out. To me, this is a guy that Texas A&M needs to hang on to. I think he's really the gem and the and the steel of the recruiting class. I know Cam Coleman, the wide receiver, five-star wide receiver out of Alabama is committed. I'm not too concerned about uh, what the Aggies have on the perimeter, but to me, 
I think they need to improve that secondary. I said it way back in like September after they lost to Miami. I don't think that secondary is all that good. So I'm a defensive guy. I know my guy, Mike Elko is a defensive guy. Terry Bussey is where I'm taking that, uh, that SUV, probably an Escalade my first day out on the road. No complaints from me there. I love Terry Bussey. And you know what? If Terry Bussey ends up sticking with A&M, I can get on board with Terry Bussey playing some defense. You know, Listen, I know we've been split from the entire time that we started this conversation, but I love Terry Bussey. Drew, I don't make the rules here, but if I did, I would say this conversation doesn't only have to focus on Texas A&M commits. I'm going to Florida, or actually I'm staying in Texas, but I'm calling a Florida commit. DJ Lagway, the number 16 player in all the land, the number two quarterback. Talk about a season, Drew. He has just gotten exponentially better. He started off 5-7 and seven as a sophomore, 5-5 five and five overall win-loss record as a junior, 12-1 and one this year at Willis. In every major statistical category, he has improved. He was 55% as a sophomore. He is 72% as a senior. He's also rushed for over 900 yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground. How about this? 58 touchdowns, 8 INTs. That TD to INT ratio is super clean. Drew, I know you touched up on the tape this morning. I love this kid. I, you know, it's going to be uh, another month or so until we have another update. We have the postseason post all-star events, All-American Bowl. We also have the Under Armour game, which DJ Lagway will be there. Drew, I mean, he is the eye candy right now for me that I just cannot get enough of. I love DJ Lagway, and if I'm Mike Elko, I'm looking over there in Gainesville and saying, you know what, it, it looks a little bit vulnerable. I'm being opportunistic. I want to make a splash. Go get my signal caller of the future. I'm calling DJ Lagway, and I'm throwing everything I got at him. Well, I watched his last two games this morning, and Man, I'm, I'm in love with what DJ Lagway has put on tape. The game has slowed down for him. Uh, his ability to make throws off-platform, uh, getting rid of the football super fast. It's just everything we thought he could be, he's rounding into form. So I agree with you, Cooper. If I'm Mike Elko, uh, maybe I'm starting my day out on the road with breakfast wherever DJ Lagway is. I'm trying to get into that house, maybe a school breakfast. I agree. I, I don't know you know, the chances of DJ Lagway looking around, but I think it's at least worth the call. That is the the dream. I think he could be a multi-year starter for Texas A&M. And I'll, I'll be honest, DJ Lagway is moving up our rankings. That is absolutely happening. So I, I love that shout out there. I think you need to uh, hire an OC first before you could do that. But Mike Elko, CEO, you know, maybe maybe he can get it done himself. Yeah, you want to make a splash. That's one way to do it. I'm glad you brought up the rankings part. I wasn't going to be the guy. You're the director of scouting. That's why you're ultimately the one at the end of the day that's going to make that call. Hey, you got the Oyster Boys on Tuesday and Wednesday. How about Monday and Thursday? You got Emily Proud, Blair and Gulo, the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. We got you locked in. Everything you need from college football recruiting to the transfer portal. Big, big month here in the month of December. Fired up. Now, Drew, Jonathan Smith, Michigan State. I wouldn't call it an odd fit, but I think you got to use your imagination a little bit to take a guy from Pasadena, California, who used to be the OC under Chris Peterson at Washington, then goes to Oregon State, totally revives that program. Pac-12 goes to the Pac-2 with Oregon State and Wazoo. Now Jonathan Smith finds himself at Michigan State, where a lot of people – Probably in East Lansing before the year started, didn't think this would be the case where they were have to, having to find a new head coach. 
Drew, what grade would you give this hire, Jonathan Smith, to Michigan State? I'm going to be honest. I initially wrote down a C, and it wasn't in pencil. Or would I used my eraser. I just turned that C into a B. You know, you kind of used to do it on on your report card or, or whatnot. Uh, I like this, and let's be honest about Michigan State. I don't think they're in position to recruit at the same level right now as a Michigan uh, that's right down the road, as in Ohio State. So I think they got to find guys that they can develop. And if you look at what Jonathan Smith did in his time at Oregon State, I don't think they had a recruiting class that finished in the top 50 nationally. I think like three different times it was number 53. Uh, Yeah, 70, 53, 53, uh, 49th last year. And why is that notable? Well, Jonathan Smith already, from the guys he recruited out of high school, has produced four NFL draft draft picks. That includes tight end Luke Musgrave, uh, this upcoming draft, uh, Tassili Fuwagawa, the left tackle. It seems like he'd be a day one, day two selection. Um, so I like Jonathan Smith because I think he's just going to recruit to his program what they want to do. I expect the offensive line to be a strength of that program. And, and just with the, the teams that are entering the conference, we know Oregon's coming in, USC, uh, I, I'm a believer in what Jonathan Smith's going to be able to do. Now, it might not be a top 25 class, but I think they can get into that 30 to 35 range. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys that have a chance to outperform our projection and our ranking because that's what they've done at Oregon State. So started with a C, dug into it. I ended up with a B. And I'm not really too worried about him not having ties to the state of Michigan. I would not be surprised if they got into Florida. They were doing that when they were at Oregon. They got into Texas. And I think that's the right model and formula that Michigan State should follow. I spent three years as a director of player personnel in the Pacific Northwest in the Pac-12. This team, Jonathan Smith, that he coached at Oregon State, was always just a pain in the rear. They were very tough, very difficult, well-coached. They never beat themselves. And you wondered, and you looked at it, Drew, you just talked about the rankings. I don't think they had a top 50 finish under Jonathan Smith. Is How is this team competing with the likes of Mario Cristobal at Oregon, Chris Peterson at UW, and the list goes on and on. Like I said, this guy, in terms of a talent identification evaluation process, they trust their eyes. And I and I talked about Chris Peterson a little bit earlier in the show and talked about OKG, talked about fit. That's really kind of Jonathan Smith. If you're looking for a guy to kind of compare him to, I would say Chris Peterson's probably that guy. The good thing about Jonathan Smith, I've had some conversations with him. I never worked with him. But you get the sense that he's kind of with the times. He understands the name of the game. He understands the transfer portal, the the uh, importance of NIL, especially at a place like Michigan State. Drew, I gave this one a B as well. I'm excited about this guy. I don't think this is the type of guy, similar to Mike Elko, you're going to get really jazzed up about at a press conference, but you're going to be really proud of the product that him and his team put out on the field and in East Lansing on Saturday. So this guy is a really good football coach. He's bringing over some really good coaches as well. Keith Bowen who I worked with at UW, running back coach. They've had a lot of success there, especially at that position. I'm kind of fired up about that one, Drew. So first recruit, if you're Jonathan Smith, who are you calling? Well, I saw. I already know who you, who you wrote down. <laughs> uh, I got Kansas offensive line commit David Abajan. Uh, this is a kid that Gabe Brooks and, and Brandon Huffman on our national team put on our radar a while back in in this out on the West Coast six 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 seven offensive tackle was committed to Oregon State uh, and then ended up flipping to Kansas. If I'm in Jonathan Smith and offensive line coach Jim Makovich, I, I, I know I'm butchering 
that, well, he's headed to East Lansing with Jonathan Smith, but this guy has produced a ton of NFL guys. I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling David and seeing if he wants to get back into the fold and, and come join us in East Lansing. I think he has what it takes to be a left tackle at the power five level. And again, I think the strength of what Michigan State and their identity is going to be up front in the trenches on that offensive line. I think David's a guy they should absolutely target. We like him. He's got the measurables. Arrow pointing up for David. Drew, I'm going to go with top 247 receiver and a guy from River Rouge right there in Michigan. How about top 247 receiver Nicholas Marsh? He's already committed to Michigan State. This guy is a priority. Drew, on the show yesterday, we had the rundown. Nicholas Marsh was slated to take an OV to Colorado. That's not happening anymore. If I'm a Michigan State fan, that immediately gets me fired up about my new head coach that, hey, this guy is a priority. The other thing for Jonathan Smith, he should be a priority. You only got eight guys committed, right? You got the 94th ranked recruiting class according to 24-7 Sports. This should be the dude on the perimeter that you are focused on. And in Michigan State, they're going to retain the receiver coach, Courtney Hawkins. That obviously played into it. But, Drew, this one gets me fired up. Big body, 6'3", 200 pounds, young for his age. Basketball background, also track and field as well. Good high jump. Uh, record. I like Nick Marsh. I think he fits the Big Ten, and I think for the style of play, really balanced West Coast offense that Jonathan Smith wants to play, these are the type of dudes that you need. Drew, the other thing is, I talked about rules earlier, right? I almost said, you know what? What if that recruit wasn't actually a recruit, but what if he was a player on a different team? And two names came to mind. Dante Moore, UCLA, originally from the Detroit area, played at MLK. Is he going to stay at UCLA? If I was a betting man, probably not. And how about Aiden Childs? Matt Zenitz brought him up earlier in the show. Drew, a darling of ours, played exceptionally well at the All-American Bowl late last year in January. If Jonathan Smith can get his hands on one of those two cats, Drew, I mean, it gets me a lot more excited about the immediate future in East Lansing. Where is all this Aiden Childs love coming from nationally? Like, we ranked him in the top 100. We came out of the All-American Bowl, stamped him. And I know he played a little bit, but it seems like you just read these people, oh, they got to get Aiden Childs. It's like, are we just leaning on our ranking? Or are you guys having people watched Aiden Childs? I mean, we're all in on Mr. Childs. It's just funny to be, I don't know, what, 11 months later that it seems like the the script has completely flipped on on Childs. Hey, Childs, please, baby. We're not worried about anybody else. We just uh, keep our head down, keep doing our business. All right, Drew, one more here that will grade. Mississippi State, Jeff Lebby. I'm kind of a fan of this one. I'm interested to kind of see what your grade is on this one. McGregor, Texas native, 39 years old, signed with OU, Oklahoma, out of high school, played football, had a career-ending injury, Baylor, we know the story there, goes to Central Florida, then Ole Miss offensive coordinator kind of adds a wrinkle in the Egg Bowl rivalry there. And then Oklahoma lights it up with Dylan Gabriel this past year, 10 wins for the Sooners. True? I had no idea where this coaching search was going. What do you think about Jeff Levy to Stark Vegas? I'm buying stock in it more and more. Uh, the more I ask around and the more I think about it, Jeff Levy – is a guy that I've actually spent some time with. He uh, went to visit Lane Kiffin when Lane Kiffin was coaching at Florida Atlantic. Me and Levy hung out at a tailgate and uh, made some phone calls this morning. I have an old fraternity brother that worked for Jeff Levy, and I said, hey, what do you think of him as a recruiter? A lot of people don't know about Levy and, and his talent acquisition aside from the quarterbacks. And he said he's the best at what he does. He's a relationship person. He gets to know you. Uh, and he is someone that can close on the recruiting trail. I thought that was a little bit notable. 
This same contact then brought up a story about Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. When Jeff Levy was initially hired at UCF, he had Brock Purdy all but committed to the Knights. UCF ended up going in a different direction. Brock Purdy ends up at Iowa State, and the rest is history. Now he's driving people crazy as a member of that 49ers offense. So I'm buying it, you know, Jeff Levy, and you get into the profile has been in the Sunshine State, has been in Texas. I think the most important thing is he was at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. He understands that junior college ecosystem. He also knows how to work the transfer portal. So I think it's ultimately going to come down to, you know, who's around him, what the NIL support looks like. But I'm a little bit more bullish on Jeff Levy than I was maybe this time last week. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You gave him a B. I gave him a B plus, man. I'm fired up. I think this is the best hire that Mississippi State could make. I talked a little bit about Glenn Schumann, right, the defense coordinator at Georgia, another young guy that kind of came up in the circles. Mississippi State, they decided to go offense here. Drew, I mentioned his past and his history at Ole Miss. That kind of fires me up. I like that. I don't know if those two left on great terms between Jeff Lebby and Lane Kiffin, so I think that kind of adds something to it. But you mentioned – How about this? Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. Expect a big future from him. Dylan Gabriel did a great job with him as well. Ole Miss, he had Matt Corral there. The quarterback lineage kind of fires me up when you think about Jeff Levy putting him in Starkville. And Drew, you mentioned it, that NIL piece and that component I think is so important. Ole Miss has done a great job with their Grove Collective. Mississippi State, I don't know if you noticed, when Jeff Levy got off the PJ into Starkville, he had the NIL Collective right there across his chest opposite of the Mississippi State logo. Dude, you're playing a young man's game now. I love it. That's something that I think is, you know, it's not nothing, right? It is something. So I think Jeff Levy understands that. This is a, uh, a hire that I think if you're Mississippi State, I talked about program awareness all the time, knowing kind of where you fall in the pecking order. This makes sense for both parties, and I actually think you can win at Mississippi State. I think this has a ton of upside. You talked about being young. You talked about being able to adapt on the fly and kind of grow and take those growing pains as well. I love the marriage between Jeff Levy and Mississippi State. So with that being said, Drew, Jeff Levy, the recruiter, who are you calling first? Well, it's whatever quarterback he wants to call. And I I went through all of the arms in the class of 2024, and I was trying to figure out, all right, what direction is Jeff going to go? And I think the answer is right there in Starkville. Trey Petty committed to Illinois, a three-star prospect for us. He has won back-to-back state titles and is going to play for a third straight state title 
on Saturday. He was, at, uh, excuse me, Mississippi's 7A Mr. Football. I think this guy's got some moxie to him. He can run, has ran for over 500 yards this season, and also air it out a little bit. I don't know if this guy fits Jeff Levy's system, but I think you would make a statement if you go in. And, and the previous staff there under Zach Arnett was was involved with Trey Petty. He's been to a few games, or he did go to a few games this season. So I think for Jeff Levy, if you're trying to make a statement, why not go get the guy that's right down the road? So to me, that's the first visit. That's the first call, assuming he checks the quarterback boxes. I'm not going to knock Jeff Levy's quarterback evaluations, but I think you know if it's close enough, then you go all in because I think that's going to rally the fan base. And Mississippi State needs some help at quarterback. Chris Parson played as a true freshman, former Elite 11 finalist, threw three interceptions in his first real action, his first start. So I don't think they have the long-term answer there. And then obviously uh, they're, they're losing the senior to the transfer portal. Trey Petty's a gamer. You know, I have the region of Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. I remember watching him as a young and I think as a sophomore and, and the tape pops. We saw him in February in Atlanta last year. I think left a little bit to be desired. Illinois takes him, ends up being a guy that you turn on the tape and it's just like, all right, well, how do you weigh it, right? If you're projecting guys to Sunday, he might not be at the top of your list, but if you're looking for a good college football quarterback on Saturday, Trey Petty might just be your guy. Drew, I'm going with top 247 athlete Daniel Hill and a guy who just kind of continues to steadily rise up our board. Alabama, also South Carolina seem to be the finalists there, Drew, but it kind of, I looked at it and I'm like, Hey, this guy's not committed yet. He's one of the best players in the state of Mississippi. Ole Miss has had a great run in the 2024 cycle. Daniel Hill, one of the only uncommitted prospects out there. Drew, I, I kind of had the feeling that you were going to bring up an arm. You bring up Trey Petty. I said, all right, well, let's go get this guy some toys. I love Creed Whitmore there in Mississippi State. Imagine having a guy like Daniel Hill. He's projected to play running back at the next level. I actually think he's kind of more of a move H kind of flex uh, uh, tight end that you can move around, do some different things with. I love his position versatility. I think he would be a hell of a get, and that would be a hell of a statement for Jeff Levy if they could pull a guy like Daniel Hill. Yeah, that was number two for me. Uh, another guy that was on the, the freaks list. I I agree. I don't really know what he is, but I want him on my team in the huddle. And I think he could play year one as a freshman in certain situational packages all aboard the Daniel Hill train. I, I think that one makes a ton of sense as well. And a guy that Alabama's been involved with, Tennessee's been involved with. I mean, everyone has took a swing uh, at Daniel Hill. So if you can close in these final three weeks, and I believe there's a chance Daniel Hill might actually announce at the All-American Bowl uh, on January 6th. So then you're doing it on national TV. I'm all aboard on this one, Cooper. Pride of Meridian, Mississippi. If you don't know anything about Meridian, Mississippi, one of the best stops you can make. Chick-fil-A there on the way to Birmingham. Love it. Love Meridian, Mississippi. Hey, by the way, did I mention December 4th, Monday, Transfer Portal Palooza right here, 24-7 Sports, Emily Proud, Carl Reed, Smoke Dixon, Grace Remington, Chris Hummer, Matt Zenitz. Got the whole dang crew in here at 24-7 Sports. We'll be in here bright and early. Everything you need, breaking it down. Golly, that gets me fired up, Drew. And with that being said, let's open up ring, ring, ring. The transfer portal stock market, I believe it is open. And Drew, who are we buying stock in? I'll start with this one. Drew, give me all the stock on Washington State quarterback Cam Ward. I've been buzzing through these guys the last couple days. Cam Ward's up there. Will Howard's up there. Tyler Van Dyke. Is our guy Riley Leonard at Duke going to jump in? Is our guy KJ Jefferson going to jump in? We've been talking a lot about him. These quarterbacks, man, that's where it starts and ends. 
Cam Ward is the guy that I get the most excited about. You turn on that Oregon tape and it shows you everything that you need to know against a top 10 defense, throws for over 300 yards, and a guy that is creative as he is with his legs and improvising. Drew, he's only rushed for 122 yards. He's a four-year starter. That is a career high for him. So I think people probably look at Cam Ward. He's this big physical kid at 6'2", 215 pounds plus, and and he's mobile, but he's not a runner. But the arm is so live. And Drew, I wanted to talk about guys that I'm buying stock in, but I also kind of want to talk about their fits. The Apple Cup. One of the most decorated rivalries in all of college football, Washington, Washington State. Those two programs, the people in those programs, they couldn't be any more different from each other. I actually love the fit and the idea of Cam Ward playing in Seattle on Mont Lake under Kalen DeBoer. That kind of fires me up. Out goes Michael Penix. In goes a guy like Cam Ward that I think the right move for him would be to come back for another year have a, a year where he has the tutelage of a guy like Kalen DeBoer being in that offense. You still got guys like Jeremy Bernard coming back for another year. They're talented enough on the perimeter. That idea fires me up. The other guy, Drew, as you can tell, I'm focused on the quarterbacks. Dude, I like the I like the Will Howard kid. Eight and four this year, over 60% passer. That doesn't fire you up. The Oklahoma State game, admittedly, was really tough. The eyes get him in trouble a little bit. Sometimes he struggles to come off his first read. But I love this kid. Six four plus, 242 pounds is what he's listed at. Mobile, nimble. I think a guy that is good at extending plays. And Drew, comparing him to Riley Leonard, I thought he was the better of the two pocket passers within the structure of the game. I really like Will Howard. This is a guy that I think if you're a contender, and we talked about Carson Beck earlier in the show, right? If he ends up testing the waters, how about Georgia? That one kind of, uh, I kind of look at that and say, all right, that's a little bit of a fit there. You have a guy in Will Howard that's played a lot of football. Drew, I like him a lot. I expect him to be one of the more sought out, uh, sought out after quarterbacks in this transfer portal cycle. So those are two guys, Cam Ward, Will Howard, that I would keep an eye out on. And, uh, We'll see what happens within the next week or so for them. Drew, any thoughts on those two guys? Well, I, I'm big Cam Ward guy. Uh, interested to see kind of where he lands because I think he could fit a variety of different systems. I knew you were focused on the quarterbacks, Cooper. I was hoping you are going to bring up my guy, uh, Max Brown, there from Florida. I think he entered right when we started this show or he was reportedly going to enter. Uh, there's something there, and I think he's a guy that can go sit somewhere and then eventually become the starter. Now, Cam Ward's a good one. I focused on the other side of the ball, uh, Darius Smith, linebacker, edge player from Georgia. He entered the portal on Monday, or was it Tuesday? My days are all mixed up. First player from Georgia to enter um, in the month of November, and we've talked about it. How many teams you know, get guys that left Georgia, couldn't play at Georgia, and they just become impact players right away? And, and Cooper, I don't know if you remember Darius Smith coming out uh, of high school from South Georgia, small town. The thing that jumped out about him is he was a Georgia 3A state champion in the 400 meter dash. He also won a gold medal anchoring the 4x400 team. I think it was 49 something in that dash. So he can go straight line. I don't know about side to side. I've heard Florida State is a team to keep an eye on for Darius Smith. And, you know, they've had success with these guys that have came out of Athens before, Jermaine Johnson a while back. So interested to see. I think he could be a piece for someone. Everyone wants these these pass rushers. I had some school asking me, hey, if you hear any names, enter in the portal, let me know. And I'm like, okay, what are you looking for? 
anyone that can get to the quarterback was the, the text message I got, I got back. So not surprising there. And then how about Chris Mitchell, wide receiver out of FIU? I watch a lot of CUSA football. Um, this kid, I, I have some context at, context at FIU, and I said that Chris Mitchell, he's the real deal. One of my good sources said, I wasn't a believer till that Arkansas game. And that was a few weeks ago. Chris Mitchell, seven catches, uh, 157 yards and a touchdown in the game. He comes out of Jacksonville Mandarin High School, same high school as Carson Beck. And this guy has tore it up all season long, set the single season receiving record at FIU, breaking T.Y. Hilton's old mark. Uh, interested to see who gets involved, but I think one school that would make sense, Penn State. And that's because his younger brother, John Mitchell, is committed to the Nittany Lions, a top two, four, seven defensive back. I've said in the past, I think that's where uh, Penn State needs to get better out on the perimeter. I think Chris Mitchell could make sense there. And then how about these two guys from Florida? I said Max Brown entering, Kamari Wilson, Will Norman, both in the portal. I mean, Kamari Wilson, there was talk of making him a five-star in that 2023 or 2022 cycle. Starts two games as a freshman, doesn't play this season. Florida rolled out, you know, two freshman DBs. Kamari Wilson only appeared in a few games. Uh, there was that situation where he was on the sideline, wasn't on the sideline. I don't know what's going on off the field, but I know on the field he is a box safety that can defend the run and the pass. You look at a school like Miami, which is going to potentially lose Cam Kitchens and James Williams in the NFL draft. I think that makes some sense. And then Will Norman, you know, a guy that's bounced around high school to high school. He had a really good, what was it, spring camp, all the buzz coming out of Gainesville. I thought he was going to play, wasn't part of the rotation. Now he's in the portal. I look at like Rutgers, right? Greg Schiano, that'd be a big pickup for them. He's a guy that's originally from the New Jersey area. I don't know. It's Cooper. It's fascinating because I see these guys that enter and the team at 24-7 Sports can't even keep up with all the names that are entering. And then you'll go in the next day, you'll scroll down. You're like, wait, this guy entered the transfer portal? I mean, it, it is pure madness right now. Your mind is a little bit like mush, you know, going through it. Every time you check Twitter, there's, you know, 10 more names, and they're all names that you remember at some point in the process. So there you have it. Cam Ward, Darius Smith, Will Howard, Chris Mitchell, Kamari Wilson, a lot of names right now that we're monitoring. Cam Ward at, certainly at the top. Darius Smith, Drew, I like the fact that you brought that one up. If Florida State ends up being the potential suitor there for Darius Smith, that's a guy – Kind of reminds me a little bit of Patrick Payton. So they've done a good job, especially Jermaine Johnson, like you alluded to as well. Drew, some final thoughts here. I mean, what Tyler Van Dyke, he's out at Miami. You mentioned Ja'Curry Brown, more than likely going to get the start uh, in the bowl game for, uh, for the Canes. And then there's Emory Williams, who's going to come off uh, a pretty serious injury as well. So what do you think or what do you expect out of Miami here and where they might turn for a quarterback? Well, you're the guy that used to work for Mario. You're the one that's been digging through all these quarterbacks. Do they, do they have to take two arms in the transfer portal? I, I'm just worried about the numbers in that room. And we don't know what Jakari Brown's going to do, like you said. Emory Williams, I would assume he's going to miss some time after getting hit in that Florida State game. They're going to bring in Judd Anderson. He's committed uh, in the 2024 cycle. I think he's a developmental guy. I mean, they... They might be in a position where they need to take two arms. Uh, Michael Pratt is a name that always gets circulated, the two-lane quarterback. Uh, I believe he accepted an invitation to that senior bowl from our buddy Jim Nagy, though. 
So not sure it's going to be Pratt. What about Cam Ward? Uh, would he not make some sense if, if you're Miami? I think they're going to swing at the biggest of names. That's the that's the impression I have. I expect them to swing big. Somebody posted on Twitter yesterday, pretty funny, Mario Cristobal. He's following all these quarterbacks, Will Howard, uh, Will Rogers as well at Mississippi State. Cam Ward, probably one of those guys. If you know anything about Mario, he's a maniac on social media. He's always on his phone recruiting. So that is uh, certainly something to look after. Drew, I'm with you. I think Miami takes a huge swing at quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised. Even if it's through the high school uh, ranks that they go and find another quarterback to take just to kind of buffer those numbers. Coop, I was going to bring that up, right? So watching all the quarterbacks right now in the 24 cycle, the guys in the top 247 doing my my senior write-ups, and it doesn't feel like anyone is trying to make a move on these guys yet. Maybe we're a week week early, but in years past there was at least some – some smoke about a, a big name arm potentially flipping some year, somewhere. It happens every year. No breadcrumbs yet. Well, I think it's interesting. I think the timing comes into it, right? I think that portal market is going to be something to watch. And then once that kind of dries up a little bit, then you got two weeks to kind of pivot to early National Signing Day on December 20th. So we'll, we'll see what happens over the next week. I think that's a big caveat and what's going to happen, especially with some of the top arms in the country. Drew, that's all I got. You got anything else? Follow up to that. I know you're trying to close here, but does it feel like recruiting is just on the back burner this week? 100%. A hundred percent. I think this is the most active transfer portal, without a doubt, at least the biggest names that we have seen where you can go out and you can find premium players across the board pretty much at every position. I don't remember a portal like this. The portal hasn't even opened yet. And this kind of feels like the first wave on Monday. I'm not even sure. It might be a trickle by that point, right? I expect more names to kind of jump in over the next couple of days. Yeah, and then once the championship games wrapped up, no, it just it just feels like everyone I talk to isn't even focused on high school recruiting. It's junior colleges and then transfer portal. That's the name of the game, new age of college football. Guys, we appreciate you joining the show. And one last promo here. If you're listening on uh, via podcast, remember you can find us on video as well on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And if you're still hanging around on the chat, Come on, smash that like button. Subscribe to 24-7 Sports. Like I said, we got a huge month coming up. Monday, December 4th, Transfer Portal Palooza. Then December 20th, National Signing Day, baby. We are in go time right now. Let's go. Get fired up. That pumps me up. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.